Beards for Radio. Hey, hey, this is Joe. And uh, you know what it is. We got some trailers to get to, man, if you want to kick us off. Oh, yeah, man. We're going to talk about the glass trailer off rip. And how exciting is this? Because to me, it's like fans of the M. Night Shyamalan, you know, movies. You know, you watch Unbreakable. You're like, oh, that's cool. It's a cool movie. Dude's like a superhero. Fine. Cool, right? You know, all these years later, you know, you watch all these M. Night Shyamalan. The Village comes out, this, that, the third. And you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to lots of good, you know. Whatever. I love the twist. What a twist, you know, at the end, you know. But, mm-hmm. you know, when Split when Split came out, like, the whole time I'm thinking this has, it's just another M. Night Shyamalan. It's, it has nothing to do with his other movies. You know what I'm saying? Right. And end of Split, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, Bruce Willis's character from Unbreakable is sitting in a cafe, makes a little, you know, one-liner, and you're like, oh, my God. Are they bringing this full circle? And you're thinking, you know, what's going on? You know, it's an M. Night Shyamalan twist. Because when I watch Split, you know, I'm like, where's the twist? Where's the twist, M. Night? You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking, oh, my God, this movie. And then the the last 30 seconds with Bruce Willis in it just totally threw me for a friggin' loop because I didn't expect it to be related to his other movies and because he's not really like that. So Right, he had never done any sequels or like series work before. Um but I'm hoping I'm hoping it means like a return to prominence for M. Night Shyamalan because nobody loved his first his early work more than me, man. Like I've got the sixth sense and unbreakable Signs, The Village, Lady in the Water, all on DVD. But, like, it all kind of right. t- took a turn for the worst with uh, The Happening and then uh, Last Airbender, Devil, After Earth, like, The Visit. Like, when Split came out, just based off the trailer, I was like, oh, this is just another M. Night Shyamalan movie. But I watched it, and I was like, you know, this is actually pretty good. Maybe the twist is that he's actually good at, like, writing and directing again. And then when they tied in uh, Bruce Willis at the end, I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. And, yeah, so now we got... Yeah, because... Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, and now we get the trailer for Glass. Like, it's it's obviously not going to be just Samuel L. Jackson because we've seen the trailer and it's got Bruce Willis and uh, James McAvoy playing his character. And they're all kind of like in this group therapy session together, which is a, an interesting way to, to kick it off. But yeah. Yeah. And then it, then it shows McAvoy like running through the park, like a friggin' like ape monster. Yeah. So dude, I think it's, I think it's going to be great. I think I, I like the, I like the addition of, um, I think her name's Sarah Paulson. She's, yeah. um, actress from the American horror story series. Did you watch those American horror stories? I haven't, but I've seen her in other stuff. Like, uh, she was in The People versus O.J. Simpson and uh, the new Oceans movie. Yeah. Yes, yes. So she's a, she's a good actor within herself. I suggest you watch the American Horror Story. Uh, sit down and binge watch them if you can. Great, great rating, great, great storylines. But I'm more interested in, like, like uh, <clears throat> The Village and 
and kind of be like, okay, I, I like the fact that he tried to go straight from the cartoon to do the air, last airbender, you know what I'm saying? Try to bring the cartoon to real life rather than like how, how failure the, the Dragon Ball Z movie was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So at least he like give him props for trying to go, you know, with the cartoon, you know what I'm saying? But the visit, that movie scared the crap out of me, bro. I was like, like t- traumatized for these kids, bro. That movie was great. <laughs> like, like there's probably not one M Night Shyamalan movie that I personally can say I don't like, dude. Um, they were they're they're all good to me. Not, but yeah, back to this glass happening? thing, dude. Like, not even the happening, dude. I like with Mark Wahlberg. The happenings, the movie, with, like the, the trees were taking over, right? Yeah, and like just the people falling off the buildings and stuff like that. Did I mind it? No, I didn't mind it at all because it's 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 a thought outside of the box. What M. Night Shyamalan gives us is outside of the box. He doesn't give us remakes or retools or sequel upon sequel upon sequel upon sequel. He gives us something new and refreshing every time. So I can't sit here and say I have not liked. I can I can say his some of his works are better than his other works, but I can say M. Night Shyamalan is a very underrated writer movie director producer because he doesn't do the norm you know what i'm saying he doesn't want to do what these people do and he's and to me he he's doing it how i'm like shemlon's doing he's not doing it how okay. you know hollywood wants him to do it and then that. making this whole little, right and making this whole little comic book world that's fresh it's new it could lead into something it really could you know, this could take off into more series, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. More people out there that have these powers. So I'm curious to see where it goes because to me it's a whole new realm for M. Night Shyamalan because he's not he's not that sequel guy. He's not that, you know, I'm going to make fucking a trilogy, a quadrilogy, uh, you know, a pentilogy, whatever, if you want to keep going. <laughs> you know, I've never seen him being that kind of guy, you know, it's, I'm curious to see where Glass is going to go. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, the perspective of um, Mr. Glass and um, the guy from Split. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I know the the guy who they all live in. His name is Kevin Wendell Crumb or something like that. Um, but, you know, just all the personalities, including the Beast, like those two teaming up because it's combining that brute strength of uh, the Beast that could potentially be unleashed within uh, – James McAvoy's character and the fragile Mr. Glass, who's just a genius and like has already taken like so many lives just by, you know, like playing his part, like having his hand in like all these crashes and fires and just like all these deaths trying to find uh, Bruce Willis's character, you know? So like, right. It's, it's like a classic villain combination of those two. Yeah, Joe, and it's kind of like a metaphor for our show. You know, we try to bridge the gap between the jock and the, you know, the nerd, the brain and the brawn. You know, that's what we're doing right there. And, like, Glass is, like, the movie for us, bro. Like, it is, like, I'm excited for this movie to come out, man. So excited. Me too. And it's Bruce Willis, too, and Samuel L. Jackson. How can you not like them? You know what I'm saying? And now you're throwing James McAvoy? Come on, M. Light Shyamalan's directing? For sure. For sure, it's gonna, it's gonna, th- th- this movie's gonna blow up, and I hope, and I hope Emma Shemelan kind of brings us a new perspective into the superhero world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Before we move on, um, his movie Lady in the Water, 
it's kind of like split down the middle. Like for for a lot of people who think like his early work is great and then his later work is not as great. Um, Lady in the Water, I think, got a lot of flack, but I really enjoyed that movie because that was like a new take on a fairy tale type of story. You know, you know which one I'm talking about. Yes, the one with the uh, the girl in the pool and yeah, Paul and Paul Giamatti. Yeah, Giamatti, and you can us uh, and like uh, you can see the the grass wolves in the in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You had to look in the mirror to see the wolves in the grass. Yeah, that that was a that was a good movie. I liked it, and I heard that like he made that movie out of his own mind, telling a, just happened to be telling his kids a story. You want? I want to go to bed. Tell me a story, Dad. Okay, and he starts making up the story, and it leads to Lady in the Water. That's that. That was my understanding. Yeah. Um. How, and how that, that, and that's like what, to just like on the spot come up with uh like a bedtime story and then be like oh wait i got something here and like develop that into a movie i think that's like a special thing i don't know of too many directors and writers who have done that that's what i'm saying m night Shyamalan is a think outside the box he doesn't follow you know the, the scarf scoff scoff this is the way to act or this is the way to direct movies you know what i'm saying he like makes movies that are Interesting to him, he thinks outside of the box. I do. I love. I'm not sure a lot. I can't wait for this movie. It's gonna be so much fun. For sure. Uh, another trailer that was just released at Comic Con, and we've just seen it today, was uh, the trailer for The Walking Dead season nine, uh, featuring Buzzcut Rick. I... <laughs> Buzzcut Rick. That's great. <laughs> and you know me, Joe. I I I I hated I hated Rick Grimes. I hated Rick Grimes. I thought he made stupid decisions. He had a lot of people killed, you know. But you know, I'm I'm kind of feeling the buzz cut Rick vibe, you know what I'm saying? He's got Negan in jail, Negan's got a beard. And like he's trying to bring everybody together, but do they want to be, do they want to come together? You know, that's the big question. Man, I, I think I like Buzzcut Rick. I don't know yet, though. Right. We'll see how it plays out. He did confirm that he was definitely leaving the show, uh, Andrew Lincoln. And we we talked about it before, but, like, if you're not going to have Rick, and apparently Maggie's leaving too, then, like, it's got to wrap up. Like, we saw in the trailer they're introducing new characters. Like, they introduce new characters every season. But... I don't know. I think I think this is a perfect time to just like wrap up all the storylines, cut it off because nine seasons. Like, you get nine seasons out of a zombie show. I think you've done pretty well for yourself, and you know you don't want an office situation after Michael Scott leaves, and you still got two seasons left. You know. Yeah, but I did. I didn't mind James Spader. I didn't. I didn't oh, mind. Good. You know, the Will Ferrell, the the the, the Jim Carrey. <laughs> No, finger likes, you know, not even finger likes, you know. And they were so um, funny, but it was like the first it was it was kind of like this M Night Shyamalan discussion again. Like the first half of the office was like great television, like the best television you'll see for a while. And while the second half, particularly the last two seasons without him, were still funny, like they lost a lot of viewers because a lot of people were just like, Well, Michael Scott was the show. Um, but we're getting off topic. Um, yeah, for sure. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, 
seeing Rick using Lucille to bash uh, walkers in the head, like while he's riding a horse. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's got he's got Lucille now. Lucille is claimed by Rick. That's just, how yeah. for how long? And that's just like a straight. Yeah, and is Negan gonna stay? That's like a straight middle finger to Negan. Just like while Negan's locked up, just using his his weapon that he named after his wife, <laughs> like. I bet he like takes it down to the prison like every now and then. It's like, hey, I use this to kill a bunch of walkers, you know? Right, and just like strokes Lucille in front of him. <laughs> Horrible, dude. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think about this season. You know, it seems like it's full of, you know, Rick wants to bring everyone together. And now everybody's like, "Fuck you, Rick!" You know, we're doing it our way. They're fighting on a bridge, and you know, they're. Uh, I see them fighting amongst their, themselves more than I see them fighting against, you know, zombies. Right. And then there's like two new characters hiding in the mud, you know, it's just, I, you know, I don't know where it's going to go from here. And they, I, I feel like they need to wrap it up. I feel like it needs to get wrapped up. It, it just, it just, it's been going on too long. Right. Um, damn, what was I going to say? I had something I was going to say. You know, I wonder, like, how much time is going to be passed between season eight and season nine. Because, you know, Rick looks older. It looks like um, Judith is, like, a couple years older now. And Maggie had her baby from what it from what it looks like in the trailer. So I'm wondering, like, how much time has passed between that. And it looks like they're going to pick up where they left off in a way where, like, people are still rubbed the wrong way by Rick not killing Negan and letting him live out his days in prison. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly where it's gonna go off. And um I'm I, I wonder if it ends if they're gonna end it like Carl's vision. Mm-hmm. Or is it gonna be absolute complete opposite? You know, this this is a this is a big season. You know, final season. We're gonna see it all. You know, unfold. And I I I I love that in series. I love I love to see the final, the final, the end show. That's it. It's over with. You know, what I'm saying it's not that I don't. I'm not gonna miss Walking Dead. It's just that sometimes stuff just need the light needs to extinguish at its peak. You know, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, and I use this metaphor all the time. I don't want people, athletes movies tv shows actors to end up like washington wizards jordan you know what i'm saying like end at end at your peak go out with a bang do a kobe bryant 60 plus in the game and say deuce deuce nba i'm one of the greatest and and you leave with the legacy and then you go on and you do something else that's life you know what i'm saying so that's how i want to see you know andrew lincoln and 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 Lauren Cohen and all these actors, you know, go on and do something else. Cause I don't want to be typecast, you know, cause I love them so much as, uh, you know, actors. I don't want to be them to be just typecast as a walk. Oh, there, there's Jesus. There's Rick. There's Maggie. You know what I'm saying? Where you don't even know the actor by, by name, you know, him by the most character, most character of characters that they played. Yeah. Speaking of which the guy who plays Aaron Ross Marquand, uh, was apparently yes. apparently was the voice of Darth Maul in the solo movie. Really, he does really good impressions. You ever see the uh, the YouTube video of him doing impressions? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that video. 
Yeah, dude. He, that's cool. Uh, I, I didn't know he was the voice. I figured the guy who played him would be the voice because he, isn't he an English actor too? Yeah, I figured it was him. Um, but I, I've heard it was Ross Marquand. I'll have to look it up after the show and like confirm it. But yeah. Man, I could I could see it if like they just if they couldn't get the you know the actor to come in, but I I don't know, but yeah. If, uh, I think his name was Ray Park. You know, was the last guy was the guy who played him in Phantom. Yeah, yeah, the guy who got cut in half. <laughs> but you know, hey man, you know that's that's a good transition to go into the rumored movies. That's right. So, you know, so we got a little thing called rumored and a go you know the ones that are go are definitely going but we're gonna go with the rumors first because i think the rumors kind of intrigue me more than the goes do because you know we're gonna see the goes come out the rumors ones are like in the works they're not yes they are no they're not type deal but um the first one i thought was pretty cool because i think the second one being a fan of the first one you know back when i was younger the second one was kind of lackluster on three there's rumors that there's a Tron three script coming out mm-hmm. and Jared Leto's Jared Leto's actually joining the cast. I love Jared Leto. I think he's one hell of a talent. Um, but a, uh, uh, they say it's not going down since, you know, Disney, you know, has, uh, you know, stepped forward and they already said, you know, debunking rumors, but right. the actual dudes who are involved in writing, you know, Tron 2 said, well, we, we were writing Tron 3, you know, as we were writing Tron 2 type deal, and it's not completely scrapped. Don't listen to those rumors. So, you know, it's on the fence. You got you got the guys that are writing it saying, hey, it can happen. And you got, you, you got the people who own it and, you know, basically make the final stand and say, and Disney is saying, no, it's not going down. So, who knows what's happening? So, what do you think about Tron Three? Did you like Tron Two? Uh, actually, I haven't seen the second Tron. Uh, Tron Legacy is that what it was? I haven't seen that one actually. Yeah, I've seen the original. Uh, right, two two very very visually visually awesome storyline little lackluster. Right. I mean, you can say that about a lot of movies that have come out in the last decade. <laughs> That's true. This is true, but this is Tron we're talking about. Yeah. You know, you know, if you're to come back out, if you're to come out with a sequel, man, to come out with a, a flipping sequel, you know. Right. Do it. Um. One I, saw, it. one I saw was on the rumored list was uh Marvel's The Eternals. Um. Nice. Like the the Titan people. Obviously, we all know Thanos, but uh, all his friends too. Like, you think people would go see that? Like. I know we talked about the Joker movie in our last episode. Obvious people would definitely see the Joker movie, but a whole movie based off of uh, Thanos and not his backstory, but like his origin planet, I guess. Yeah, um, I think so because I think it can it can all tie in with Marvel. It's easy to tie everything. Right. So I think they could go see it, and everybody, you know, everybody since. You know, you got you got people out there that you know saw Black Panther and are like, oh, pro Killmonger. They see, you know, they see uh, Avengers. They're like, oh yeah, Thanos is the man. There's people out there like that. You know, what I'm saying that like are like root for the villain. So, you know, why wouldn't you not want to watch to see that movie? Because you know, like you said, Joker. You know, dude's the ultimate villain. 
definitely going to see that movie. I mean, look, you know what I'm Darth saying? Vader, so how many people love Star Wars just because of Darth Vader? Right, the villain. Everybody loves the villain, and and Thanos is a big enough villain to know that. Oh, there's other Thanos like beings out there. Like, oh, I'm interested. You know, so I, I think for sure that would easily take off Marvel. Marvel and Star Wars got everything cornered. They just have to go about it tastefully. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That appeals to the actual, you know, the comic book guys out there, you know, the diehard fans, you know, not just put out junk after junk after junk to make movies. I've liked what I've seen so far. Keep it up. You know what I'm saying? But don't don't saturate the market or don't saturate it so much where you're putting out movies just to put out movies, you know? Which which kind of which kind of crazy to me is because because I see on the rumored one the the because the rumored one's like way more intriguing for the rumored one I, I saw Jabba the Hutt movie you know and people and, and it says that uh, fans are kind of upset when they heard that there was Jabba the Hutt movie in the works but why would you be upset this goes back to what you're saying Joe about those 1977, 1980, you know, episode fucking four fanboys are like, there's nothing better than, you know, the 1977, screw the remix, you know, screw all these other movies coming out of Phantom Menace, Chuck, you know, all those kind of guys. And these are guys that are protesting, like, you know, they're making uh, the making of Obi-Wan movie, you know, they're, you know, like, why? You know, I don't understand. So many movies together, Jabba can tie into a Boba Fett movie, can tie into a Yoda movie, can tie into Obi Wan one Kenobi movie, can tie into this Han Solo movie, it, it, and vice versa. You can make your own little, not episode one through ten. You know, what I'm saying something that doesn't have a number after it, and you know, make something else. You know, what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean. I would sit. Th- I would sit through a whole movie of uh, Jabba talk, and <laughs> you know the way the the huts speak. Like, whatever. Be entertaining as hell. Hell yeah, it would be, dude. And some of the huts speak English. You know, like you know, in the Clone Wars, they have zero the hut. They have, a, like, the whole Hut Council, and, you know, some of them do speak English, you know. Mm-hmm. And plus, they got the droids to translate for them if they don't, you know. They got the C-3PO lookalikes that, you know, will translate. So, and, like, you, you can tie everything into it. I mean, he's a he's a galactic gangster, bro. Who would want to see, like, all these mob movies? You wouldn't want to see the first, like, intergalactic mob boss movie? <laughs> Come on, it's like Godfather and the Stars. Uh-huh. It'd be great. Sounds pretty sweet when you phrase it like that. The first galactic mob boss. That's what he was. Right. Right. Dude made Han Solo look like a punk. Like who could do that? Right, and then and then and then used him as a, a decorative piece in his friggin' dungeon bar. Yeah. So yeah. What other movie what other movie kind of caught your attention in the rumor oh well you brought up the yoda movie i think that could be interesting um like a young yoda i think is what they were talking about um obviously just rumors at this point but would it be like an origin story we see like a little green like 
figure hatch out of a shell and grows up to be Yoda or something like that. Because Yoda is like so old. Yeah. Like, or- you don't even have to go that far back, like in terms of his lifeline, to get like his origin. You know. Right, most definitely. What if it was like how he built the Jedi, how they kind of built the Jedi Council? Because he was like one of the first, he got trained by like the first Jedi, right? right. So he's like one of the first, like the oldest Jedis, you know. I'm, I'm sure he was one of the guys who formed, you know, the, the temple and everything, the building of the temple. So that would kind of be cool to see that. And, you know, I definitely, anything Star Wars I'd see is like, like I said, as long as it's like tastefully done and not like, totally cheesy cheesy you know like oh god like for real <laughs> another cantina 1980s dance 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 revolution <laughs> yeah right so I, I thought one that caught my attention big time big big time dude because I'm a big fan of, the, of this franchise was the Ghostbusters one. Oh yeah the Russo brothers the Russo brothers sat down with Ivan Reitman and they're talking about an all male cast. Two, two, two potential names that popped up: Chris Pratt. Who <laughs> doesn't love Chris Pratt? Channing Tatum. I'm an okay fan of Channing Tatum. Not that big of a fan of Channing Tatum, but I don't mind them. You know, so, plenty of time. Yeah, I would like to see the. Um, yeah, I like the female cast. That was a great movie too. The female oh, yeah. Ghostbusters would be kind of cool to kind of, kind of maybe like. You know, like maybe bring them both into the fold later on, like make a like make us like a another Ghostbusters movie after that. They team up with the chicks. Eh, I don't know, but I'm 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 excited to see an all male cast and Ivan Reitman writing it with the Russo brothers. So I think that's that's really cool. I loved Chris Hemsworth's character in the uh, the 2016 movie. I thought that was hilarious. How they kind of flipped it, like it was the dumb, oh. it was the dumb receptionist. <laughs> It was like that. Yes. To look good. Yeah. Yeah. And then another one I saw was kind of what, what caught my eye is um because I, I I've seen a bunch of these short movies, the Halos. Have you ever seen any of the Halo short short films? I have not. Yeah, they have like I, I think there's I think it's on Netflix or Prime, whatever whatever movie. But um, so Microsoft debunked like a full like a full master chief you know full length movie but uh I guess it's like workshop that makes props for movies and everything they're called a wet weta workshop um they're they're rumored to be involved with a spy hunter movie and a gears of war movie as well it was kind of something I saw I was like Ooh, I would like to see a gears of war movie but it's reported that Guillermo del Toro got a like a, has an awesome like master chief helmet that he made that's like movie worthy and he wants to do a halo movie and he wants to be involved into it and i mean i mean it's guillermo del toro you know you can't go wrong there it's like he, he, he to me is like on a level of emotion when it comes to thinking outside of the box and and not your conventional you know hollywood movie directors so I thought that was really cool. And being a fan of Halo, I, I wouldn't mind watching a Halo movie, especially if it's done by the year of El Toro. Yeah, one I saw on the in the works list was um Godzilla versus King Kong. I'm I'm 
from my understanding, I think they're going to be continuing off of the uh, King of uh, the Godzilla movie that came out in 2014. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah that it goes Godzilla then this last one the Kong of Skull Island I think those two movies are set to set up the Kong versus Zilla. Okay, I have to see uh, Kong Skull Island. I have to see that one. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, because uh, Floki Loki 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 uh, is in it. I think the chick who plays Captain Marvel is in it too. I, I could be wrong. Don't don't quote me on it, but I know for a fact. I know, uh, I know Samuel L. In Jackson's in it. Yeah, but uh, the dude who plays Loki, I can't think of his name. He's in this one, and they have like a Marvel, they have like a Marvel after credits scene in Kong, uh, the Skull Island one that kind of sets up this Kong versus Zilla. Gotcha. So if you do, if you do watch that, yeah, just, w- there's an after credit scene, so it all ties in those two movies together. So yeah, I can't wait for that. Um. Another um, movie that I saw that's, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of it, been a big fan since Arnold was running around in the jungle trying to kill his invisible ass. Uh, there's a Predator 4 pretty much coming out, and it's pretty much they, like, are sequeling it off of the first one in a way, and um, <clears throat> where a kid triggers something he finds, and the Predator comes to Earth. But um, mm-hmm. did you see the trailer for this one? I have not seen the trailer yet. There's like an even bigger predator in it. Okay. So I don't know if that predator is man-made or that predator came here, but predator is known to kind of team up with. If you've seen other predator movies, he kind of teams up with the humans to take the other bigger predator down. Mm-hmm. But there's even a crazier, bigger one predator that's in this trailer. So I don't know what's going on, but it's predator. You you can't go wrong with predator. You know what I'm saying? Right. The guy can just take off his mask, scream, and you're like, great movie. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> uh, I guess we'll move on to the sports side now. We're uh, six weeks away from the return of college football. And uh, with this this time in the summer, we usually see our preseason award watch list come out. And we've got plenty of uh, local talent featured on those lists. Yeah, most definitely, man. On the on the defensive end, you know, for Michigan, they got four players <clears throat> or three players, and Michigan State has one. Michigan State has Joe Back Baki. Is that how you say his name? Baki. Baki, like Baki ball. Yep. And he's a junior linebacker, and he's um, you know, up to get the um. Chuck Bednarik Award, which goes to the best defensive player of the year. Um, Michigan, they have Rashawn Gary, he's a defensive lineman. Devin Bush, linebacker, and Khalid Hudson, linebacker, which Devin Bush is going to have to uh, kind of step it up after his little little brother comments, which I think is ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> Shut up. And that was so long ago. Put it to bed because we know that uh, Michigan State likes to use shit like that as fuel for their fire, and uh, their fire's been burning hot for this past decade. So shut up and just play bas- uh, basketball. Shut up and just play football. Especially when uh, you lost in October, dude. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, just be quiet, be humble, nah. you know what I'm saying, and work hard and just leave it on the 
on, on the field. Stop with the yeah, stupid I, I little tweets. The side of it is talking, and uh, the other one isn't, man. I love that. Let me tell you. Right, I know, right. And what does that tell you? I know he was getting in uh, Twitter battles with uh, the Allen brothers, Jack and Brian Allen, but they're both they're both in the NFL now. Like they're <laughs> like, and they both finished three and one against Michigan, so they don't have to. Uh, they don't have to like put up their records or anything. Like they can talk all they want because they're finished and they've won. They've won that game more than they've lost it, and they had. Right. Got a few uh, Big Ten rings to boot, so like, I don't know. It's funny. Right, and you can't, and you can't, and you can't take that away, and you can't change it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, they can't come back to Michigan State now. Devin Bush, you can run your mouth when you get into the NFL, bro. You better, you, you know, you better get those guys in the NFL, man, because you, you can't get them in the in college anymore. That's right. Um, yeah, on the offensive end, you got Brian Lewerke. Uh, and Shea Patterson for Michigan. Brian Lewerke for Michigan State. They're both junior quarterbacks. Um, and then you got Karan Higdon, which was surprising to me. And uh, LJ Scott, which it isn't. He's a senior running back uh, um, for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. They're all going up for the Maxwell Player of the Year watch. So what do you think about this, man? Um, you know, honestly, like aside from defensive player of the year and Heisman, like I don't really buy too much into uh, those type of awards, except we don't often see a running back get the Heisman trophy. So I, I always keep a, an eye on the Doak Walker award, which goes to the top running back. Um, and that, that watch list also features LJ Scott and Karan Higdon. Um, I don't know. I'm surprised that Higdon would get the, the nod over – Chris Evans is his backfield teammate. Um, but, I mean, I'd have to ask, uh, like, a U of M expert, like Kowalski or somebody like that about that because I I don't really watch <laughs> U of M all the time. But from what I saw, right. uh, I thought Evans was just as impressive as Higdon uh, and a year younger, you know. Right. And, um, and, and maybe because he's older and, uh, and Evans has a, you know, a little – an extra year or whatever – but it just surprised me because I didn't see nothing that put me to believe last year that led me to believe that he was going to be on the watch list as a running back. You know, LJ Scott, yeah, I can see LJ Scott. I see it. He's got to keep the, uh, the lid on the pickle jar. You know what I'm saying? He's got to keep the uh, the bread loaf in his hands and, you know, take it home to mama. But I, other other than that, I I can I see LJ Scott, you know, on that list. I just don't see Karan on that list other than he's been having one hell of a summer, you know, so. Well, LJ Scott, like, he's not going to be sharing the carries with anybody. Like, the next the next person behind him on the depth chart also plays wide receiver and, like, fullback, uh, Connor Hayward. So, like. Any meaningful carry, unless he gets injured, knock on wood, is going to go to L.J. Scott. You know. No, yeah, most definitely. Um, but it is it is time for L.J. Scott to really like show us what he's got because I feel like we've seen flashes of his potential. Like we've seen him put it all together at the end of the season, or he had a strong start to his freshman season. Um, but we haven't seen like twelve straight like real solid games out of him you know uh, yeah. for one season i'm hoping i'm hoping this is the year he's got all of his linemen back aside from brian allen and 
he's not splitting carries with Gerald Holmes and Madre London anymore. Like it's just him. He's the man. He's the head honcho. He's solo now. So, you know, I I can see him. Like he's definitely yeah. he's definitely got the talent, and he's shown us these flashes. Now it's time to put it all together. Like, you know, I could care less if he if he does win the war the award for uh oh, the uh, Maxwell or Doug Walker award. I just want him to put it all together and like carry the team when the passing game's not working. Yeah, and and that's what that's what Michigan needs out of out of Karan. You know, they need to. Oh, <clears throat> the problem was is like I felt like they didn't even have that great of a running game, so they can even open it up to even remotely get to their passing game. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I hope Karan Higdon has one hell of a season. I, I hope there's people out there that see something that you know I haven't seen since the last Michigan game. You know, I don't know if that kid put it in fifth gear and, you know, is, you know, pulling sleds up and down uh, uh, behind uh, Shenbackler Hall or whatever. But, you know, it's – to me, I, I think of two things. You know, is – you know, because Shea Patterson all of, a sudden, all of a sudden pops on this list. Like, how? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know he did they did good down Ole Miss or whatever, but not, not like – Lewerke did up here you know what I'm saying it's just like I just don't think they've shown us enough to be on this list so like something leads me to believe that is it the Michigan effect you know what I'm saying <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know are they actually showing promise you know in the eyes of people who are putting them on this list I don't know you know only time will tell but um seeing how our track record has been going man I, I'm, I'm gonna remain how can I say this? Cautiously optimistic. Right, right. And I, and I think I'll leave it at that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, going to a current uh, running back in the NFL who did play three years in East Lansing at Michigan State um, and is arguably the best running back in the league, talking about Le'Veon Bell. He's kind of taking the route of another former Spartan, and he's really – he's betting on himself because he thinks he's getting mistreated, thinks he's not getting offered what he's worth in Pittsburgh. And he recently turned down a contract. Um, I think it was like four years, $70 million or something. Um, but that was according to the Steelers, and we don't know what they're hiding, like how much is guaranteed or how it would be evenly laid out, you know. And I fully – obviously, I'm going to support him, but I fully support Le'Veon Bell in this – in his stand against the Steelers saying, you know what, at my position, like at Le'Veon Bell's position, he's going to take almost as many hits as the offensive linemen do. And he's going to get the ball 30 to 40 times. He's going to get it – he's going to get more touches than Antonio Brown. He's going to get more touches – than uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Ben Roethlisberger, obviously. Like, he he does need to get what he's worth because he has – he's kind of like LaDainian Tomlinson, but he's also added a different step. Like, he's he's really changed the running back game since he's been in the league. Yeah, I think, I think almost it's like – now that you know all these rules are changing and it's and it's less contact and it's you know you gotta almost gotta be 
two positions. You know what I'm saying? So like he can go out there and receive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We see more. We see more swing passes. We see more. We see more. Uh, you know those little step back screens. We see more of those. We see more of those. And and Le'Veon's great at doing it. Not only can he do it, you know, catching the ball. I mean, he's gonna do it on the ground too. You know, he's, he's he's a dual threat when it comes to being a, a running back, and he's gonna protect Ben. Right. You know, when it when it goes to that. Right. So, like, bet bet on yourself, and and this is a game of football, man, where these guys only last four to five years, and they walk away from the game fucking broken. You know what I'm saying? These 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 guys are making billions of dollars on these guys' back. Get your money, son. Le'Veon, get your money. If you understand, you know, that you're putting your body through this, and everyone says, oh, it's 40, 70 million, bro. Like, who'd want that? You're not in a position to make that, you know, you know, kind of, I don't know, no statement. He is. Right. He's doing, he's he's in the league that makes, Billions and billions and billions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? He is the product. He is the employee. We don't have. I don't have the luxury to say that. You know what I'm saying? If this this man has the luxury to say, "Hey, without me, you guys don't have a backfield." You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure there's 31 other teams that are willing to take me. You know what I'm saying? So get your money, Le'Veon. I can't hate this guy for doing it. And and. And the reason why this stuff's going on in the NFL is the reason why there. I, I feel like the, the, this flag football league is getting pushed. You know what I'm saying? Or this uh, Alliance of American Football League is getting pushed because people are starting to like it's it, the NFL starting to become a friggin' flipping joke, man. You know, you know, Jameis Winston uh, gropes a lady, gets two games. Tom Tom Brady flattens a football gets four. It's like so you're telling me that flattening football is is worse than sexually groping of a, a female. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I don't they they just to me they just they've on that end they've they've lost a lot of people. Sometimes they lose me on that. I don't think I'd really watch NFL, just the Lions, if it wasn't for fantasy football. I think fantasy fo- football keeps them afloat. But you know, other than that, man, I just like it's I'm the product's getting stale. You know, that's why I think these other leagues are popping up and these NFL players are fed up. And you're right. Cousins is like F you franchise tag. You know, Le'Veon's like F you franchise tag. I'll go somewhere else, man. I know, you know, I know what I'm worth. Get your money, young man. You're going to take those blows and you're going to, you're going to make these guys billions. Get your cut. I agree. Yeah. And look how look how it turned out for Kirk Cousins. He got a fully guaranteed contract. That's unheard of, dude. I mean, yeah, man. And and, and like I said, it's 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 always a crapshoot. You don't know. You don't know if Kirk Cousins is gonna be worth it. It, it. it could end up like Joe Flacco. I doubt it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, this is my example. You know what I'm saying? Joe Flacco wins, wins a Super Bowl off the backs of Ray, uh, uh, Ray Lewis in defense and throws a, pr- a couple of good long bombs and they make him like this crazy outstanding contract. He just has a nothing sense. 
So I hope the money doesn't go to his head. Um, but I don't think it will. But yeah, set the precedence, man, and let them know that you guys are making billions. I'm watching these NBA players, you know, sign one year, $10 million contracts. Like, fuck, fuck this. You know what I'm saying? We put our bodies on the line. We make you guys just as much money, if not more, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I agree with the young man. Make your money. Say F you to the franchise tag because I think that's just almost a way to, like, shackle them to your – you know, you're shackling your employee to your brand. If they don't want to be there, it's just like – Right. That's just so well, it's also, it's also not giving him any stability or any uh guarantees for the future. Like if he is on the franchise tag this year and his he breaks his leg, like his leg just falls off, you know. Like he, he can't do anything else. Like he's got all his money just because he was on the franchise tag for the second straight year. Like if that happened to him and he was on like a you know a two or three year contract, multiple year contract, then he can still make money after that, you know. Which, right? Like if it doesn't even have to be that serious of an injury, like you know something could happen to him this year, and he can still be a good player, but not what he once was, and he's not going to be paid like he would have been paid if he had that guaranteed contract, if he had that stability and those years behind the contract too. Right. To me, like the people, yeah, yeah, the people complaining about like the players holding out and not taking the max or not taking the franchise tags and turning down uh, contracts that aren't what they're worth. Or like they're just the same people who are complaining about the anthem protests. Like they just don't see the full picture. Yeah, most definitely. But hey, man, tell these young men to get their money because. The NFL, when it all comes down to it, it's a business. And these guys' career is playing a violent sport. It doesn't last long. Get your money. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, I guess um, we can flip over to uh, NBA free agency. At a snail's pace, so we're coming at the end of free agency. Kind of, I kind of look at the top fifty free agents because everyone else is kind of like, eh, whatever, they're just fillers. But um, the biggest news is Kawhi Leonard is now a Toronto Raptor, mm-hmm. and Demar Derozan is a Spur. Do you like this move, or do you think it was just a complete f you to uh? to Kawhi and we need another we need somebody else to kind of fill his shoes and we can get DeMar you know I do like this move um if I were the Raptors I definitely would have pulled the trigger and made the move because Kawhi he might he might not even want to play in Toronto maybe he doesn't even play that much there but they got DeMar DeRozan's contract off the books um I think he had three years left on his contract and he was he was getting paid like like he should be, you know. He's he's one of the top tier players in the league. But they weren't getting it done. And they saw a window in the East where the Sixers are still young. Boston hasn't played a full season together with Kyrie and Hayward. And they're also still kind of young. And I don't think 
I don't think I think they knew they weren't getting it done with Lowry and DeRozan. But if you can trade in DeRozan and a 2019 first round pick for potentially just a season with Kawhi Leonard, I think you you have to take that opportunity. And they got Danny Green in the trade too, but he's not he used to be in terms of like shooting ability. But like the potential yeah. of having Kawhi Leonard on your team just for a year playing with Kyle Lowry. I, I I support it. I think you got to pull the trigger there. And the Spurs, like we don't we don't know what the Spurs did that made Kawhi Leonard want out as bad as he did. Because it's not like they sucked. It's not like they were tanking. Like they got to two finals. They won one of them. He was the youngest Finals MVP ever. He they got to multiple Western Conference Finals. He won multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. But he wasn't happy. Like, maybe it was something that Popovich was doing. Maybe it was – you know, we, we just don't know. We don't – from the Spurs standpoint, you know, you get DeMar DeRozan um, and a protected first-round pick for next season. Um, I don't know. But, like, losing out on Kawhi Leonard, I know they were going to lose him next year anyways. Like, I've, getting a player like DeMar DeRozan, I think it helps soften the blow, but they're still not going to be – up to that, up to that level. But they didn't make the playoffs last year without Kawhi Leonard, and now you add DeRozan to that team. So they'll, I mean, they're the Spurs. They'll they'll still be good, you know. Yeah, the Spurs they have the process over there, but like, um, you know, Pop's lost his wife. You know, is this you know is headed back to where you know is it back in the sports or is he you know still grieving? Rightfully so, if he is, you know, it's his wife. This is, you know. But are people kind of gravitating away from, you know, you got to respect Pop. Pop's one of the oldest coaches, you know, in the league. And he's one of the few coaches who probably gets in his player's face and pokes him in the chest. You know what I'm saying? You know, are these, do these younger players coming in, do they, you know, I grew up watching Bobby Knight, you know, the damn court, you know what I'm saying? So I don't care. I, I'm with coaches getting in kids' faces, you know what I'm saying? Because that's the that's the real life. Sometimes you get freaking yelled at by your boss, you know what I'm saying? Um, you just got to, you know, put that emotion aside. But I feel like some of these new cats coming in the league, you know, you know, the reason why Jimmy Butler wants, wants out of Minnesota is like, you know, they're – I don't want to say they're – I don't want to be like, oh, they're fucking snowflakes, you know, but, like, you know, they're, oh, oh, you know, a little pussified. You know, me, I'm a little little thick-skinned. I wear, I, I wear steel-toed boots. You can't slip on my toes. You know what I'm saying? I don't get I don't get easily offended. Well, but I think, I think these new guys coming in, they're a little different. I think Kawhi was offended by the way they handled his injury because he had that serious injury game one against uh, Golden State last – in uh, 2017. Yeah. And, you know, he took his time recovering, but I think he, um, like maybe the team doctor was trying to rush him back and you had Tony Parker in an interview saying like, Oh, my injury was a hundred times worse and I'm playing right now. You know, who do you think that came from? Do you think that was Tony Parker? Or do you think that was somebody in the organization like trying to, edge on Kawhi to return and like maybe maybe he just thought he wasn't fully ready to come back and play from his injury you know 
Um, and you had like a players only meeting in San Antonio where they're all like getting it, getting in Kawhi's face. Like it's not even the coach getting in your face. Now it's your teammates getting in your face and being like, you need to come back whether you think you're ready or not. Right. Most definitely. But, you know, I'm not trying to defend either side because we weren't there. Emotions run high. You know what I'm saying? And these guys, it's kind of more to them than money, you know? But, um, yeah, it, it, it needed to be done because if, if it's a toxic – if it's toxic over there for him, he needed to get out. I think there was a big old um, F you to Kawhi, in my opinion, sending him, you know, to basically another country the far away from L.A. as possible. You know what I'm saying? But – um. They got a good. They got a good deal out of it, and I think Rep is it too. I think they, you know Danny Green, he, like you said, he wasn't. He's not what he used to be. But, you know, maybe a little change of scenery can refresh him. Yeah. But yeah, but um, some other, you know, and that's that's Kawhi. You know, I I, I have feelings to come back to LA. But speaking of LA, they just picked up Michael Beasley, who was a uh, high on the free agency list, which I think is a pretty good move. Um, I think he's an okay player. I don't think he's that great, but I think he adds a little bit of length to the uh, the Lakers. And then Marcus Smart uh, got picked back up by the Celtics after he said he felt disgusted because they didn't talk to him during the season or off season. But he got a pretty hefty contract, so he's staying in Boston. But that leaves, yeah. And that leaves us with the top five left in the top 50. Clint Capella, who's holding out. This is ridiculous. This guy got offered $60 million by the Rockets. He's holding out for $100 million. I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? Because Melo just got traded to Atlanta. They're most likely going to waive him. <clears throat> and he's going to go to the Rockets. This is the rumors, right? So if you know that's happening, you just lost Trevor Ariza. You guys have no small forwards. The best small forward out there that's going to not burn your pockets is going to be Melo because he's no one's going to pick up Melo on some crazy contract. Right. You know what I'm saying? They got, he got, they got off the books in OKC. So they pick him up on like a one-year $5 million, $2 million deal like they did Isaiah Thomas or uh, Boogie Cousins. And he's gonna go to the Rockets. You know why? You, why you think that you're worth sixty million? I mean, a hundred million is beyond me. I think Click Capella should have took the sixty million dollars and ran with it. Oh yeah. But to to be like the fourth or third or fourth option on a team, like I don't know. That's I know we're, I know we were just supporting Le'Veon for walking away from uh, I think it was seventy million, but like that's. That's not knowing your worth. That's kind of like getting ahead of yourself. Like, right. 60 million for the fourth or third best player. Like, at best, the third best player on your team. Like, there's not a lot of third best options who can say that on their team. So, I don't know. I would have taken that, obviously. Right. Most definitely. I just I think, I think Clint, 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 
Clint Capella is the guys that give you around 10 and 12 points, 15 rebounds, block or two, you know, but say, I don't think that's a hundred million dollars worth. Uh-uh. You know what I'm saying? In my opinion, but he's still holding out. So the next on the list is a uh, Rodney hood, which I like Rodney hood and, you know, Stan Van Gundy was high on him. I like Rodney hood a lot. I just think that when he came from Cleveland, from Utah, his stock went down because he was on the bench, man. And, you know, they started bringing him in later in the playoffs and he was doing pretty damn good. And then they put him back on the bench. So I like Rodney Hood. I don't know where he's going to land, but I think his stock definitely went down playing with LeBron. Huh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And then we got... Three names left, Montrez Harrell. Um, he hasn't signed with the Clippers again. I think this is a name where I'd be like, okay, Clint Capella, deuces, Montrez Harrell, come in and do the same freaking thing. Thank you very much. But he's still holding out. Then you got Greg Monroe, which I don't know who's going to pick up Greg Monroe. I see him overseas in a little bit or in the G League because that guy's always been an awkward type of basketball player to me. This slow movement, you know, weird, whatever. And then D Wade, which is probably going to sign a some kind of sweetheart deal with, with uh, the Heat, so he can retire a Heat and stay back home. But that's it on the free agency at a snail's pace for the NBA. We saw Jabari Parker sign with Chicago, uh, his hometown. Yes, two years, $40 million. So they got about $100 million wrapped up in him and Zach Levine. Ooh, they're going to be friggin' mean this year. Two guys who can't stand to stay healthy and who are unproven. I just think, what the heck are the Bulls doing? I don't understand that one at all. But we will see. Um, I think that we'll see. we wanted to get to. Yeah, man. I think um, we're going to start getting uh, uh, football rolling here in a little bit. You know, it's 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 coming to a head as the last, you know, month without football. So we're going to make our transition from basketball to football here pretty quickly. But I can't wait for that, man. So, yeah, I think we covered everything, Joe. Um, we went through our confirms and rumors list. Got some good ones on there. Definitely looked at that glass movie. That's going to be awesome. We're going to definitely watch that together. We're going to do some kind of remote podcast. We're going to have to. Mm. It's just too epic of a movie that's coming out. Um, NBA free agency we just talked about. Walking Dead. Um, our football player watch list from the Spartans and the Wolverines. And then Le'Veon Bell telling the young man to do his thing. Get your money. Know your worth. Yeah, I think we covered it all, Joe. I think so. All right, man. Well, and as always, I'm Sasha. And I'm Joe. Peace. And this was Beach for Radio. Later, guys.